How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Welcome on in, everybody. It is Fighters Fury here on 790 The Ticket. Thank you so much for tuning on in. All right, we have it in the books. Mike Tyson, Roy Jones Jr. declared a draw by the WBC champions. Uh, the exhibition, it is in the books. And uh, look, I don't want to be the guy that comes on uh, the radio or behind a mic right after two 50-year-olds slug it out for 16 minutes and, you know, do the obvious thing that says that sucked. I didn't feel like it sucked. I felt like I went into this thing with super low expectations, so I wasn't uh, I wasn't expecting to be dazzled. Uh, I, in all honesty, I think the thing that probably surprised me the most from this is I thought that it was going to be... Um, I thought it was going to be Mike Tyson being the one who was sucking wind a little bit more uh, in in the in the in the goings of this fight. I thought as it went on, I thought he was going to wilt away. I honestly came away with an impressed that he was in shape enough to do you know sixteen pretty hard minutes. You know, trying to chase down Roy Jones Jr., throwing some body shots, and uh, was doing all right. You know, again, you guys got to grade this stuff on a curve uh, for. Anybody expecting that you were going to see in his prime kid dynamite Mike Tyson or, you know, you almost forgot Roy Jones Jr. You're just not like they're, they're, I look upon this and, and uh, I think my, uh, you know, my wrestling fans will appreciate this. I look a lot of these types of things a lot like when a, when a, a legendary wrestler comes back, you know, when, 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 when the rock comes back to raw. What do you want to see? You want to see him make a fool of somebody. You want to say, oh, it doesn't matter what your name is. Uh, you want to see him hit a rock bottom and go home with the people's elbow and everybody's happy. And with this, I think you got a lot of nostalgia. I think you got to see, you know, Roy Jones bust out, you know, the, the no look stuff, the dancing around. You got to see Mike Tyson do the bob and weave. Uh, didn't get to see a lot of signature uppercuts. I mean, Mike Tyson did stay pretty, uh, you know, pretty good to the whole, uh, not trying to kill anybody, um, part of the exhibition. I think this is probably where I, I divert on this. So I want to kind of mesh in between the main event and the co-main event for why I thought you maybe could have gotten a little bit better, but maybe it wouldn't have been because ultimately tonight we didn't see the two legends hurt which was good. Uh, maybe they're a little bit tired. Yes, you definitely didn't see uh, them have the same skill set that uh, we've come to know from Roy Jones Jr. or Mike Tyson. But neither one of them left hurt uh, that we know of. Uh, nobody got knocked out cold. And I think that's what we were, you know, maybe some people were looking for that. But in the co-main event, we did see somebody get knocked out cold. We saw Nate Robinson 
get absolutely hammered by Jake Paul. And it was after he got knocked down already twice in the in the goings of it. And the referee, for some reason, was giving Nate Robinson like 15 seconds to recover. You know, like he'd like, you know, get knocked down. You get the standing eight count. Okay, maybe you get there to nine. Okay, walk towards me. Uh, he couldn't even find his gloves or tell the referee what to do to check his gloves and make sure he was good to go. All right, goes to the first round. Then he does it again in the second round. It, you knew it was just inevitable. Nate, uh, Nate looked in, in bad shape as he's letting him basically go, you know, 10, 11, 12, 13. All right, are you good to go, Nate? Yeah, 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 I'm good to go. And boom, he got knocked down, flatlined, and um, that's all she wrote for that. What I find weird is that we put ourselves in this predicament where Nate Robinson can go out there and get absolutely murked on his face. He's never been in a professional fight before, yet somehow we're more concerned for the 250-year-olds who have more ring experience than most people walking the planet Yes, they're a little bit older, but you would think that nature and science is going to take care of a little bit of the, uh, shall we say, steam of what they're able to do to one another. So I just found that very odd that we're in this weird conundrum of, okay, we don't really care what happens to the guy who's actually never with the California State Athletic Commission. We don't really care what happens to Nate Robinson. Uh, you know, he he turns into an instant meme. Everybody gets a, a, a laugh at poor Nate's expense. But uh, as far as his brain functionality and, and him getting absolutely blasted by Jake Paul, who, you know, laugh what you want of his career. I've, I was at it. I was ringside for his first professional fight. Um, he still has more ring experience and more boxing training experience than Nate Robinson does. Um, so and Nate Robinson was basically running at him with his with his chin up high and he knew you know, it was a matter of time. Yeah, he looked faster. He looked a little bit more athletic. Yes, he was still able to sneak that jab in from time to time, but you knew it was probably just a matter of time before something really bad was going to happen to him. It happened to him three times. Uh, ultimately, one where it was it was really, really bad. So I just found it weird that we were in this spot where we had to protect Roy Jones and Mike Tyson, but not the guy who's never done it. That's strange to me. And that referee, I mean, good God. Um, as far, but as far as the main event's concerned, you know, like you saw Roy, he was coming out with the dancing and the weaving early on. He was sticking and moving, um, but never really felt like he did anything to threaten Tyson. Um, you know, and, and they they locked up a lot, very big clash in styles. Um, Tyson was going for the ribs a lot, not a lot of head hunting, not a lot of uppercuts. Um, none of that signature Tyson stuff. It ultimately ended in a draw. I thought in my own opinion, Tyson should have gotten the nod. Felt like he was pressing a lot of the action. I thought that he looked, uh, the sharper of the two as it ended. I thought in the middle, by the end of it, you know, he's still calling for Roy to come at him, you know? So I thought Tyson should have gotten the nod in this exhibition. You know, it's his damn show. Anyway, everybody's there to see Mike Tyson. That's the spectacle. And I imagine that. We'd like to see, you know, most people would like to go see him fight a, a trilogy against Evander Holyfield. Um, that's probably what they should do. And even have Roy Jones as the co-main event uh, fighting Anderson Silva. Those two have been talking about fighting each other forever. Uh, let them do it. Let them have a, a, a load of fun. 
I didn't think that they embarrassed themselves. Um, you know, I've seen some Bellator MMA main events that, you know, have teetered on that. Really, really embarrassing. Um, you know, it wasn't, you know, Chuck Liddell versus uh, Tito Ortiz 3. It wasn't at that level either. So, yeah, I, I, it was fun. I, I thought it was a fun night. Um, not one, um, you know, not not one that was like, it's not one I'm going to be telling my son about for sure. It's not one of the classics, but as far as the Saturday night is what it is, nothing to really compete against uh, other than a UFC card that we'll get a little bit into. You know, it was, uh, it was what it was. It was what it was. And I thought that, for Mike, um, I thought it was a good show because I really thought like when I, when when they were talking about this and I you know I heard some interviews where Mike and you know it's probably the smartest move by my by my uh, by me because Mike can be very uh, sporadic on interviews, um, but I heard him on uh, on Rogan at one point and he was like, oh yeah, you know after that video, the viral video that really kind of sparked the comeback talk, he said that he was in bed for a week. And I just thought, like, yeah, well, he's 50. Unless he's, like, on the greatest testosterone, HGH, steroid concoction that is known to man, there's still going to be some aches and bruises, and it's going to be tough for him uh, to dial back the clock that much. Um, but I think I, I'm sure the shortened time helped. You know, the two minutes was uh, was very noticeable. The first thing that I spotted in in this was uh, man, that was a tiny ring. It was a it was a. I mean, Roy had nowhere to go, so they really did tailor it to uh, to to Mike and his style. But he's the look. He's the show pony there. Like he's the guy everybody's there to see. Uh, you know, Roy Jones. If you wanted to see Roy Jones fight, Roy Jones was just fighting a couple of years ago, and you know, people weren't you know, tuning in to watch him like that. You know, Mike Tyson has always been the spectacle, has always been the cash cow, even more so even when Roy was in his prime. Uh, Roy didn't get the appreciation that he probably deserved. Um, but I thought that it was fun. I, I, I really like it. That's what I come away with it. I, I just had a good time uh, seeing these guys go about their business and, and, and seeing them back in the ring and move. And it felt very WWE-ish, but I don't mean that as an insult. I mean, like, it was cool nostalgia. It was like the Royal Rumble. Burr, 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 burr. Oh, my gosh, here comes, you know, you know, here comes Stone Cold Steve Austin. Boom, he goes and gives everybody a stunners, middle fingers, the beer thing, and then whoop, he's out. So that's that's what I kind of equated to um, with uh, with what went down and and what we got out of that. I think that's uh, that's the thing. So... You know, most people are going to say, Mike Tyson, what should he do next? Uh, you know, fight, fight Evander Holyfield. I'd imagine that's where most people would go with this. But I would personally like to see him fight Shannon Briggs. There was some talk of that before. Remember the the OG comeback that seemed like it had a serious negotiation on the table was uh, uh, Shannon Briggs versus Mike Tyson. And that whole thing blew up for stupid reasons, really. I mean, it was... Uh, you know, uh, the BKFC thought that Mike Tyson, uh, that, that Shannon got a little bit too uh, forward on social media, which is what he does. Um, but the other thing with him is I, I think that Shannon has an, an unbelievable ability to be able to be the bad guy where we're in this world of all these old time boxers. It's kind of hard to find somebody to root against. 
And I think outside of me, everybody would be rooting against Shannon because he would poke the bear. He'd be able to know where to, you know, how to, how to antagonize Mike Tyson. He's not afraid to, to mix it up like that. So I think that'd be a lot of fun Two Brooklyn legends. Um, but Mike's got a lot of options. I, I certainly think this league of legends or whatever the hell he's going to do. If he does this, you know, twice a year, the numbers were all over the place as far as what he was going to make for this. But, you know, let's just say he made $10 million. Um, yeah, there's no reason. I don't think Mike could do this a couple of more times. I don't know how many more he could do this to, to, uh, for people to go. I think he would almost have to go the realm of like Jake Paul, where he'd have to fight some freak show. Like he'd have to fight, you know, damn Hulk Hogan or something crazy like that. You know, obviously not Hulk Hogan. That would end terribly for Hulk Hogan, but he'd have to fight. He'd have to, I think Holyfield's the obvious one. I think Shannon would be a big money fight for him. Uh, Lennox, they could do again. If Lennox really wanted to dial it back, um, you know, all those old, all those old time heavyweight greats. So Riddick Bowe's got a little bit too much, uh, you know, damage up top. I wouldn't put Riddick Bowe in there, but, um, you know, in that ilk, you know, or maybe you go and, and you find him, you know, some MMA fighter that's a little bit past their, pro- maybe you do it with, uh, a Tito Ortiz, or you do it with somebody, uh, who's, who's in, you know, that kind of, uh, you know, that kind of age range, you know, just older MMA guy that could be kind of a freak cross show. You know, Mike's been kind of in the UFC world for a while now where it would make sense for him to dip his toe in that water. Um, but ultimately, yeah, I, I, I think it's stupid that it was a draw. I think that Mike won the fight and I love Roy. I picked Roy to win. Um, but I was off. Like I I thought that Roy would be in better shape. The one thing that was interesting with this is Roy didn't really, uh, how should I say this? Roy didn't really hide the fact about how disgruntled he was about how this whole deal kind of went down. Like he was upset with the fact that it got punted down a few months. Uh, he was upset that the, the dates remain a mystery. He was upset with the, the money, uh, upset with the, the 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 rules kind of getting molded to to benefit Mike, you know. So in that regard, you know, for the WBC judges, you know, former champs, to declare it a draw probably is good for him. And I know that, you know, maybe he he wants to run. the idea for there's no point running that. It's an exhibition, you know. He doesn't. He's not going to get the win in Tyson on the record books anyway. Uh, I think that he should go do the, 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 the Anderson Silva fight makes so much sense in that those guys have been talking about it forever. Anderson has a lot of those Roy Jones qualities. Um, it just makes a lot of sense. I think that's, I think it's a home. I think you do it on the same card, you know, put Roy and Anderson on the same card as, 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 uh, as Evander and, and Mike or Evander and Shan or, or, uh, or Mike and Shannon, whatever that next matchup is for Mike Tyson. And I think it, I think it'll still do really really well. I think it'll do really well. And then maybe if they uh, if they could talk it up a little bit more, maybe you know winners go out and fight the the winners, something like that. I think that would be uh, the way to go about it. So we end a little bit more of this card. I want to kind of get the uh, the ambiance of uh, how they did the broadcast, um, and then we'll get to you know we got we want to talk about uh, a couple of local things that went down as well. We had a big. Local win on the UFC card last night. And we also have to get into a little bit of uh, Errol Spence versus Danny Garcia, which is coming up next week on pay-per-view. That's next.
Welcome back, everybody. Fighters Fury rolls on here on 790. The ticket, Tobin, here with you. Uh, so a couple other thoughts from last night before I move on. Um, so you had Jake Paul versus Nate Robinson. I touched upon this a little bit in the first segment, but um, I want to. I just want to make clear on this uh, just so everybody understands where I stand on this. First of all, that is, uh, you know, th there was a clear... Uh, showing in that fight of experience difference. It wasn't even that much of an experience, but that's just literally a guy going in there who's never boxed before uh, against a guy who has some boxing experience, has spent her time around the gym, has worked out with boxers, worked with Shane Mosley, uh, has worked with boxers, uh, pro boxers, has been you know training around this now for a couple of years uh, in Jake Paul, does it to, to stay in shape or, or does it, you know, I don't know what he does it for, you know, I interviewed Jake Paul last uh, last year at the Super Bowl, and he was there with Shane Mosley. And I really didn't know. I felt like the entire time I was like in the midst of a work, like I was like, All right, is, "Is this legit?" Like, you know. And I don't think Shane Mosley trained him for this fight, so obviously that was short lived. But you know, um, he did have more experience than uh, than Nate. He is twenty three years old. Uh, he does look like an athletic kid. And he uh, he laid the hammer down on on Nate. It was bad, bro. It was bad. He hit him a couple times coming. Now look, Nate made it very easy for him. Uh, he was like a he was he was charging at him like a Tasmanian devil with his chin up, and uh, he caught him once coming in on the side of his head. Uh, you know, flatlined him another time. They had Snoop on the call too, which did not help Nate Robinson at all because Snoop was hilarious on the calls tonight, um, on the calls last night. But he was. Uh, it was rough, man. It was rough. And I feel bad because I think a lot of people hate. I, I think people are very mad at Nate Robinson now because they hate Jake Paul's guts. He comes off as a bit of a douche because, uh, well, that's kind of his character. Uh, I'm not saying he's not a douche. I'm just saying that that's, you know, that's why people hate his guts. Um, so, yeah, you know, this this performance by him. You know, good Jake Paul now 2-0 in professional boxing. I guess that's two more wins than, you know, most people who are watching him on television. Uh, I was at his first fight. That was on uh, Super Bowl weekend against uh, any, any Eason Gibb, I think was the guy's name. That dude was terrible. Uh, he, he looked like a, you know, that dude, that, that guy that he beat, he looked like um, almost like the, the Looney Tunes, like the, the little wimpy guy like that you throw into the trunks going over to Jake Paul. Jake Paul. Um, you know, Nate actually, at least, you know, show had some speed, you know, stuck Jake with a couple jabs. So, you know, at least he had something uh, of a force coming back at him, but ultimately it felt like it was put on the silver platform. I I'm not going to keep breaking this fight down. It seems absolutely ridiculous. Um, uh, but my bigger point of it was, I don't know. The, the bigger crime of this fight was. Really, Nate Robinson should have been knocked down in the first round. Uh, you know, Jake put him down. He hit him behind the head. And I'm sure Nate didn't want to be the guy who lost to the 23-year-old the YouTuber um, in the first round. So, you know, pride got him and, and got him to his feet. But, you know, you know how people are always doing the old uh, stopwatch of Tyson Fury versus Deontay Wilder, the first one where, you know, Tyson did the Undertaker thing. They're like, well, look at the count. He, uh, he got up. This was like worse than that. And Nate was like, he's like, you know, give me your hands. And Nate Robinson had like, no, give me your hand. What? Guy still sent him out there. Uh, gets to the end of the round. And then he gets knocked down in the second round. Did they do it again? 
and it was uh, it was almost longer. And you didn't think that he was going to get up, and he got up. You could see the eyes were immediately in the back of the head. They, they really shouldn't have kept the fight going. That referee did a terrible job. And ultimately, that's why I found it dumb that we sat all this time concerned about Tyson, Mike Tyson and and Roy Jones Jr., who, you know, those guys, first of all, there are a couple of things. One, those guys obviously knew how to take care of each other. Um, and make what you will of the fight. It was supposed to be an exhibition. I think we all went into this thinking, oh, Mike and Roy, they, they're going to say exhibition, but they're going to go throw caution. They really didn't. Um, I think they put on a good show for people, a decent showing. Um, and yeah, they're professionals. They've, they've been in the ring since they were children. So they had that kind of experience. Uh, Jake Paul's not a boxer. Um, but he's trained boxing and Nate Robinson is not a boxer and has barely trained boxing. And so that could end really, really badly if we're going to call this professional fighting. Um, you know, so you hope that Nate Robinson walks out of this. Okay. And that he's fine. And you know, people want to, you know, laugh at him because he lost to Jake Paul. All right, whatever. I mean, listen, you get flatlined, you know, look, getting knocked out is is a funny visual. It is, you know, all, just in life. You, if, if somebody gets hit with a punch and knocked out, you don't know that person. You don't really have a connection to them. It's a funny video, uh, but it also, in reality, if you if you can step back from the hilarity of it, is quite scary. And it's just strange to me that uh, we had all these talks about, oh, well, why won't the refs let? These guys, why would like why was it Nate Robinson wearing headgear? Why was that a professional fight? Um, and it was funny. You just, I remember watching the first Logan Paul KSI fight. Uh, this is what I do doing this show. I watch everything, and I remember watching. Then they had the headgear on, and they were amateurs, and you know, they just you know they did typically what you do on celebrity boxing. Like you put them in headgear, nobody gets too hurt. There's a reason for that. You know, it's a dangerous sport. And with this, you know, with, uh, you know, DAZN came along, they told Logan, hey, why don't you in case I do it again, but, you know, do it without the headgear. And, you know, that, that built a slippery slope. I mean, Conor McGregor too, quite frankly. But at least Conor's a combat athlete. You know, Con Conor's been in there and Conor has boxed. Conor trains boxing. Conor uh, has made his living taking, you know, hits to the face it's a little different um than guys who are just kind of doing it willy-nilly so you know it, I, like i said i don't really want to break it down and then as far as jake paul's call is concerned but bro please call now connor like yeah he's this is what he does he's he gets attention he's got a gazillion followers on social media that's what he does he's very good at getting attention uh but his call outs range from connor mcgregor to KSI to his brother uh, and Dylan. I kind of interested. I would like to see him versus Dylan Dennis, but I want to see him versus Dylan Dennis in MMA. I don't want to see it in boxing. You know, I would like to see you know Dylan go out there. Maybe he strangles his ass. Let's see what's let's see what's what. Um. So that was the co-made event, and then Badu Jack beat some dude who, uh, you know, looks like he was uh, just built from granite. Uh, poor Badu Jacks. Everybody's probably mad because all they kept saying in the entire card uh, on the broadcast, which by the broadcast, by the way, uh, they had more Ronaldo, they had Stylebender, 
uh, Israel Adesanya, who, to my knowledge, hasn't done any broadcasting. Uh, and then you have Sugar Ray Leonard, who, oh, he's anybody who knows uh, who knows boxing or or broad, Sugar Ray just gives you nothing. It, it just nothing. It's like it, it's like Poland. Poor Moral is out there, and he's like it's like pulling teeth. He he gives him the biggest softballs in the world, and uh, and it's and it's like the it, it's like Sugar uh, Sugar Ray Leonard just keeps foul tipping them right into the catcher's nuts. Like it, it, he just gives you nothing and they still keep giving him gigs um and as far as style style better was okay uh you know it, i i like i liked the times when style better didn't have like broadcast polish and he was just dropping curses i thought that was funny uh and it definitely didn't have the professional boxing feel tonight which i think was good i think it was good that it had like this kind of uh Mystery Science three th- uh, three uh, Mystery Science Theater three thousand where like you know Snoop shows up and they're just kind of like joking and Snoop's like adding like just hilarity to to Nate versus Jake Paul and same with Tyson and 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 Roy Jones I just thought it was thought it was good not to play like I, I think the original broadcast I don't know where more all came because I think Alberti was supposed to originally be on the call. Uh, I don't know if he ended up getting Rona or whatnot. I just uh, they just say, "Hey, more Ronaldo." She was like, "Oh, cool. I like more Ronaldo." Um, but yeah, I thought it was for what it was. It was fine. But uh, you know, there were a couple times where you just like uh, you, you knew that like style style better said there's levels to this game about uh, five hundred times. So and he and he and I think he said four hundred fifty of them in the Badu Jack versus Blake McCurkin or whatever the hell that dude's name was. And Badu Jack was basically hitting this guy who looked like he outweighed him by a good hundred pounds. And he was knocking this dude right in the face. And he was just, the guy wasn't going down. He's like Fred Flintstone, like good luck. You know, he kept trying to attack the body and this, you know, this meat popsicle just wouldn't go down. So Tough for Badu Jack because everybody's probably just like, whoa, two two time champion can put just dude away, club fighter away, um, you know. But he clearly won. They were giving fight rounds on there that you probably easily could have given him ten eights, even though nobody give ten, nobody gives ten eights in boxing if it's not a knockdown. Um, but there were some that were so lopsided in there, like the dude landed one punch on Badu Jack. Um, that that's the direction they should have gone. So. It was uh, it was a night, man. It was a night. On the other side of it, we had a UFC. The big one that I was interested in was uh, Miguel Baez taking on Takashi Sato. Uh, Miguel trains down here in Davie. We've had him in studio before. Caramel Thunder. He uh, he got himself one in the second round, won via arm triangle. His first submission win. He's now ten and zero. Kid looks good, man. Kid looks good as a welterweight. Uh, he just, you know, that was his first win by uh, by submission, and he just looks like he's got the whole kitchen sink to throw at his opponents. Um, MMA Masters in Miami, they continue to have a, uh, a a great year as far as their MMA is concerned, but this guy is uh, is showing the total package, and, you know, this was delayed a little bit because he was supposed to fight a, a little bit earlier on, but, you know, Rona being what it does, uh, weren't able to get the fight in, so... It's good for him to get this under his belt. He gets two double-digit wins and uh, continue growing in his career. Uh, but it was a really very, it was a really impressive performance. You know, the kicks, the punches, everything that he uh, he put at Sato. He did have the unfortunate timing of fighting at the same time as Roy Jones versus Mike Tyson, 
And so I think I actually tweeted as they were giving the results to Mike Tyson versus Roy Jones. I tweeted Miguel Baeza having uh, his submission win. And I got to say, that's probably gotten minus on retweets because people were like, bro, this was during Mike Tyson versus Roy Jones. I know I had dual screen action going on. And, but, you know, but this is the thing is as Miguel's fight was going on, it was, it, it was, I was like, I, I looked over to Mike Tyson, Roy Jones, like, I kind of know what's going on here. You know, like I, I didn't feel like there was going to be this grand shift in momentum. And when I say the re- like the screens are right next to me, I'm like, I'm like a, you know, looking back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. So I'm not like looking down at my phone and, and looking at like they're right there. And I'm not losing anything with Roy Jones and Mike Tyson. I like, I, I got sometimes in a fight, you're just like, I got the gist of it. And with Miguel, you know, local product, I wanted to see what he was going to do. I was invested in the fight. And so I was happy to see him get that win and see the way he got it uh, because he was dominating on the feet, but he definitely wanted to, you know, put an exclamation point on the win and I thought that was an important way to go do it for him to uh to get that kind of a victory. So shout out to Caramel Thunder and uh and getting that win. Davey, you got yourself a W last night. We'll take a quick break. We will get into a little bit of Errol Spence versus Danny Garcia as they will be in action coming up next week for the Welterweight Championship of the World. All right, welcome back everybody. Let's get into a little bit of next week's boxing match. We got ourselves a good one. We got ourselves Errol Spence Jr. against Danny Garcia for the unified welterweight championship of the world. Of course, this is a big one for Errol Spence. It's the uh, the first one since his car accident where we all, uh, I mean, I, I still can't believe what we watched with that man. That was uh it's crazy to think that he's still here with us to box. It really is. Um, so I wonder what kind of training you get from a guy like that where there's such a life-altering event. Um, because you went, when you, first of all, you see the footage, you're like, man, I can't believe that guy's going to be able to do it. And then you wonder, like, what kind of injuries did he sustain in this thing? Uh, how is he coming off? This was also a big sticking point for uh, Terrence Crawford and not wanting to, uh, to fight Errol Spence. In the uh, in the in the aftermath, now I don't know if they would have fought it either way, but one of his points was he didn't want to fight him after the car accident because everybody would be talking about the car accident and saying, "Well, you weren't getting the best, Errol Spence." I don't know. I mean, maybe we will see Danny Garcia. Maybe he's going to have an opportunity here to take on a a little bit of a weathered uh, Errol Spence in this in this uh, in this upcoming matchup. I don't know. That's going to be an interesting thing between. The two of them, and, and seeing what they have, uh, what they have to bring in this upcoming matchup. But um, you know, welterweight's an interesting division because it's so it's so unlike light. You know, we talk so much. We've been talking so much about lightweight and and just how young everybody is, and you know, the feels like there's a lot of time for these guys to go out there and they have time to. Uh, get all these matchups in, and it was funny because I was thinking to to Errol, I was just, you know, we're a year removed from that show that he had against Mikey Garcia at Cowboy Stadium. It felt like a real coming out party for him because he was doing it in Dallas, and uh, you know, it was a lot. It was a great crowd. It was a, it was a good split crowd, um, and to think that Errol showed a lot of people his boxing ability. You know, people probably went into this thinking, ah. He's a bruiser. He's going to go in there. He's going to look for the knockout. He's going to be like a heat-seeking missile and try and take out Mikey that way. He's a lot bigger than him. And really what he did was he boxed his socks off. He kept him at range and 
Um, a guy, Mikey Garcia, who I, has as pristine a style as it gets when you think about, uh, you know, good champions. And yes, he was coming up in weight, but uh, to get out boxed like that was, re- I thought, really showed something by Errol Spence. So it was a great showing by him. He, uh, he ended up keeping his IBF championship. He became unified champion when he beat Sean Porter a little bit later on that year where he won in September. So he hasn't been in the ring with this whole accident and everything that went down there. He, uh, the, and, and that, that car accident happened, man, like three weeks after his win over, over Sean Porter. And that was a hard fight. You know, it was, it was one of those where nobody looks good against Sean Porter. He's just one of those dogs that like you get in there with him and you might as well just accept the fact that this is probably going to be a close decision or a split decision or something ugly like that, because he's going to muck it up. He's going to headbutt you. He's going to do things that make you uncomfortable. And, that's about how that fight went. It was just, it was just not easy. But I did think that he deserved to get the W. Uh, Danny's not going to be like that, you know. Danny obviously, I would think, is going to want to go in here and use his speed. Now the problem with him is, I, I do feel like there's a little bit of, you know, the Mikey Garcia element here is where he has got to go in there and he has got to try and find his way in to cause uh, some kind of thing to have Errol Spence respect him now. He's not quite as small as Mikey Garcia, but the same reach. Uh, it's a little bit. It's a little bigger. He, he's five eight with a sixty eight and a half reach. Mikey Garcia's five six with a sixty eight reach. So it, it's not a tremendous. It's obviously it's a couple inches on on height, but the reach is pretty much right there. Uh, but you look at some of the tangibles there, and you think, okay. Um, Errol could do a lot of the things to Danny that he could to Mikey. I think Danny probably definitely comes in there with a little bit more natural speed. Obviously, he's been up in those natural weight class a little bit more, even though if he he was also better the lower that he was with when it came to uh, you know when it came to probably his absolute best performances. Uh, you'd say that you know when he was at those lighter weight classes, that's when he was like the dude when he was like the light. Uh, when he was light welterweight champ, when he was junior welterweight champion of the world, that was like probably the best that we saw Danny Garcia. But we know how it is. A lot of these guys like to go up to W, uh, like to go up to one forty seven. That's the glamour weight. Uh, being welterweight champ, it's one of those those hotbed divisions that everybody wants to to own. Um, and his only losses in his career are to Keith Thurman and Sean Porter. So not bums to really good fighters. Um, I just think that. Uh, I, but. You know, with Errol, he's going to have a chance in this fight. And I do think that he's taking on a better opponent than a, a broken down Kel Brook that Terrence Crawford did. And it, it's, it's inevitable when you have a fight now and these two um, perform that we're going to bring up, we're going to compare. And now, mind you, he's already beaten the guy that. Terrence beat he beat him way back he beat Cal Brook and, and and broke his orbital so it broke his orbital um we're talking three years ago to uh to win his welterweight championship so he's already been there done that with Cal Brook but it's uh it's one of those things where I do think that Errol has an opportunity here against Danny Garcia to really do something that puts a stamp on him him being the guy. And it's almost funny because if you're a boxing fan, if you could take a step back here, you don't like to to be cynical like this. 
it would almost behoove us as boxing fans for Danny to go have a great performance against Errol, almost to the point where Errol looks vulnerable or people are really questioning him or people are really um, not sold as him as the guy at welterweight. That would get us closer to him versus Terrence Crawford than if he were to go obliterate Danny Garcia. If he were to go obliterate Danny Garcia, there's going to be a lot from the Heyman uh, crew and, and PBC to say, this is the guy, no doubt in anybody's mind. You know, Terrence Crawford's out there beating his leftovers, and here he is beating guys who were reigning champion after reigning champion because, you know, he would have beaten, what is that? That's three reigning champs he would have beaten. Uh, I, I guess I should call them reigning champs, but, sh- but, but three very distinguished uh, champions in a row. You know, would have been beating a guy, Danny Garcia, who was, you know, the undisputed light welterweight champion of the world. Uh, Mikey Garcia, decorated champion. Sean, Sean Porter, who was the WBC champion at the time. So there's just a there's just a there's a there's a a, a lineage there that he's going to be able to put forth if he goes and wrecks Danny Garcia that, you know, if you're a Terrence Crawford fan or a guy who defends him as the number one pound for pound fighter in the world, or even just the number one welterweight on the planet. If we're not even going pound for pound, let's just say who is the man at 147 pounds. Um, you know, if, if, if arrow goes out there and he wrecks Danny Garcia, you know, he's just, he's building himself a better resume. Uh, even if you don't necessarily think that he's the better fighter, PBC has the ponies. It just makes it look a little bit better. It's going to start looking a little bit between beating guys like Danny and Sean and Mikey and, you know, whoever comes next. I'm sure that he's going to call out Manny Pacquiao too. Um, I made my, my thoughts about that after the Terrence, uh, the Terrence Crawford one. I'm like, you guys don't need Terrence. You don't need Manny uh, Pacquiao. Manny Pacquiao is a luxury. It'd be nice for him to have. Really what should happen is it, it should be those two fight each other and the winner gets to fight Manny Pacquiao. That should be the prize. It shouldn't even be, uh, it shouldn't even be fighting for a belt. It should be, you know what it should be? It actually should be a belt with Manny Pacquiao's gold face on it. That's what they should be fighting for. Whenever, whenever Errol Spence and Terrence Crawford square off, they they should fight for all of the belts: WBC, IBF, uh, IBO. You know, WBO, whatever alphabet you want to come up with. Put all those belts on the line. Put Ring Magazine on the, on the line. But also just a gold belt with Manny Pacquiao's face on it. And the winner gets to fight and gets the right to fight Manny Pacquiao. That's what it should be. But, you know, I'm sure that's going to be the route that he takes. And it'll be interesting because, you know, I don't know if Manny's technically with Al Heyman anymore. Uh, and he got mentioned on the, on the you know, he gets been getting rub on these... Uh, these PVC broadcasts, I'm sure he still will because I think that's what Errol wants. Um, but I wonder if Terrence will. You know, he kind of has been ignored in all, on in in that regard. But there's really, it, 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 I think you do yourself a disservice uh, just ignoring it like that. How does Danny get the win? I mean, that's a good question, man. You know, he's he's got to find some way. That he can get inside. Can he get one of those patented hooks where he catches Errol not looking? 
it's such a dangerous ask for him because he's got to go through essentially those pound for pound tree trim, uh, tree trunks with, uh, with, with having to go through Errol and the, and the danger that comes with getting in between that reach. And I just don't, I, I just think that's a, that's a big ask for him. Um, it's a big step up since, uh, since his Sean Porter fight, you know, he lost to Keith Thurman and, you know, he's caught a lot of guys on the downward trend as far as, um, as far as the wins that he's gotten lately, he hasn't really gotten that guy in when he's gotten at welterweight, when he's gotten in there with a guy in his prime, um, who, who, who really is kind of on the same footing age wise. And these guys aren't far apart in age. You know, Danny's only 32 years old. He'll be 33 in, in March. And, uh, Errol is what? 30. He's also going to turn, he'll turn 31 in March. So these guys are essentially the same. Uh, they're, they're, they're on the same, uh, same path that way. So a couple years apart, um, you know, I just, I, I think, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be tough sledding for, uh, for, for Danny in this one. I just think that there's a, there's a lot of things that Errol showed if he's not dealing with some repercussions off of this car accident that really affect him. I think that he just, he's got too many tools that we saw a couple of fights ago. We've seen him now in a lot of different styles of fights and you know right now it just seems like his reign it seems like uh he he it, it seems like a two pony race at 147 and hopefully we can actually see those guys fight for you know essentially the triple crown if we're going to stay with horse references for god's sakes um and danny's just not he's just not as dangerous up at 147 pounds he's just not so I don't think that Errol has anything to worry about there. You know, maybe a lesser fighter you'd be concerned about, but a guy like Errol Spence, be very surprising. But Danny got a, sh- a chance to shake this thing up, man. He really, really does. He's got a chance to 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 shake up the whole. Because look, he's been in that that Pacquiao thing too. There's been a lot of talks of, you know, not just Mikey Garcia, but Danny Garcia has been in that Pacquiao range too. So, you know, and he's not quite as big to where you know maybe Danny Pacquiao looks upon that and goes. Oh, maybe I will take on a guy with a chance to become undisputed welterweight champion of the world. So it's actually funny. I think that probably the guy who can come out of this with probably the best chance to get Manny Pacquiao on the ring is Danny Garcia if he's able to somehow upset Errol Spence. I think if Errol wins, I don't think Manny's going to fight him. I think he knows that. Eh, probably too big. Uh, Terrence, probably, probably, probably a little too versatile, a little too dangerous. Danny, it's kind of like Keith Thurman. It's like, you know, when, when he just fought Keith Thurman, yeah, Keith was coming off an injury. It's like, yeah. You know, Danny, he gets hit, not quite as good uh, as he was as, as a junior welterweight. I think I can win that fight. I, I think that that's probably, honestly, the, the guy who has the best chance to fight Manny is probably Danny Garcia if he's able to win. I just don't think that he will. What are the odds are set at right now? I always like uh, scoping to see what uh, Vegas is thinking. I should probably always look these up before the fights, but I don't. Um... So Danny Garcia, Errol Spence odds are currently at right now. Errol Spence is a minus five hundred favorite. Danny Garcia plus three fifty. Um, that's about where I would think it would be. I think that's about, and I think that's about right. Um, Danny's got to find a perfect fight, and he's got to find a way to have such a speed advantage on Errol that he's got and and, and hurt him at times. Um, to really make him question some things. 
I just think that that Errol Errol's got the easier path to victory than Danny does. So I'm gonna go with uh, with Errol Spence. I don't think he stops him. I don't think he stops him. I think he gets a. I think he. I, I think it'll be a lot like the Garcia, the Mikey Garcia fight. I think that he'll get a pretty lopsided. You know, nine th- nine rounds to three, eight rounds to four, type of uh, type of unanimous decision to get himself uh, a retention of his belts. So that's what I think will go on there. That's our show for this week, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. We wish you uh, a great weekend. We'll have a full recap of this fight coming up next Sunday. And have a great rest of your week, everybody. See you. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.